The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? Hey there, Mitch. This week on the show, we're going to hit a bunch of topics. We got NBA Top Shot. We're trying to get our feet wet in there, and we want to talk about it a little bit. Then we got a couple all-stars on the Suns that we need to talk about and then since the second half schedule has been released, we'll highlight some games and some stretches in there that we uh, we just want to talk about a little bit. And after that, as usual, we'll talk about this week's games and last week's games. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Shout-outs are in order. To the usual suspects, friends of the show, at Comic Evangelist and at Sundarus Dunks on Twitter. The question this week was, in the Hornets game from last week, will the Suns score more or less than 23 pointers? And looking back, it was a pretty easy question, but both these guys said under, and so did you, Charlie. I took the over to be different and optimistic, and yeah. So shout out to Comic Evangelist and Sundress Dunks on Twitter. All right, let's start things off. NBA Top Shot. I, I heard about these guys, this uh, this whole system from you, what, a couple weeks ago now? Yeah. And then I, yeah. I've gotten some other just from some basketball buddies around there saying, dude, you need to check out NBA Top Shot. I think it's right up your alley. And honestly, I've had a few guys tell me that. So, I, so we, we're trying it out. And we both just got in. I, I guess we need to talk about it first for the yeah. people who are unaware. So yeah. it's like a, a trading card system for digital basketball highlights, I guess is a way to put it. And then yeah. you can you, you buy a pack, you get cards, and then you can sell them on the marketplace as well. Yeah, and that sounds simple, but it's not that simple at the same time. Like, it's a it's a confusing concept. I learned about it from buckets with Amir Blumenfeld and Billy Scafiri. And then uh, <laughs> no dunks, top shot, hot boy, Trey Kirby. Heard about it from him too. So I was kind of confused at first, but the way it's been explained to me is essentially a cross between basketball cards and cryptocurrency. So I think that's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. I was explaining this to my wife the other night because I was in line to try to get a pack and I was explaining the process to her because she was confused. And she asked me, so so what would happen if you did get the pack? I said, well, then I'd own these clips. And so she was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So like no one else can watch them then. And I said, oh, no, anyone <laughs> can watch them. Anyone who wants to can watch them. It's kind of just like watching a YouTube video for free. She's like, so what's so special? I said, well, my name would be next to it. It would say that <laughs> I own it. <laughs> no, and it's cool because... Like basketball cards, they're all numbered. So if you happen to get 
the number one highlight, you know, there's how many thousand of them out there. But if you get the number one, that's a little more valuable than number 702, you know. Right. So, yeah, it brings a lot back to just like the, the sports trading card aspect. And I get into that, too. And, yeah, I was explaining this to my wife as uh, I was, you know, willing to put down $100 for one of the fancy packs. Right. I was <laughs> like, too. I better tell her what's going on here just so she doesn't lose her mind when she sees this. But it, she was really cool with it. She's like, you can make money on this? I said, yeah, if if I get a good one, it seems like people are buying these for pretty decent prices right now. So, I mean, it's it's just it's kind of crazy. And it's it's really cool because I, I like collecting memorabilia myself and I sell cards on eBay once in a while. But when you do that, you have to have the card in your possession. You have to pack it. You have to take it to the post office or whatever you do. But this it's all just online. And. By the way, this isn't an advertisement for this. We just think it's cool, and we're just yeah. trying to share it with people. It's still pretty new, but it's getting yeah. more and more popular. It's still in the beta, but yeah, like the the thing that is so wild to me is the getting in line for the packs, like the way you buy the packs. So when I first looked into this, everything was sold out. Like the packs were sold out, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just buy one clip. But I saw the clips are all expensive they're going for hundreds thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars depending on what the clip is so i was like well maybe i'll just buy a pack you can get a pack for nine dollars or 99 dollars or or whatever and they're all sold out so i kind of look into the process for this and you sign up for an email list they send you an email saying at this day and time we're going to release a certain number of packs and you can get in line for the chance to buy a pack. So this this happened to both of us on Friday, last Friday. We were in line to buy the packs, and they sold out. There were like 20,000 people in front of me, and it sold out. But last Saturday, we were in line, both of us in line, and we were able to get in line for a pre-order of a pack. So once it's your turn, you can buy the pre-ordered pack which means you've paid your $9 and now in two weeks, they'll send you a pack of three clips and you don't know what these clips are going to be. I've heard it couldn't be anything from like Jetty Osman checking into the game to like <laughs> a, a super amazing, like game winning three pointer or something like that. You know, it can be anything. Yeah. Okay. So just for example, right now I have the Devin Booker game winner, over the Clippers from the bubble. I have that pulled up right now. There's 12 of them for sale. The number nine of it is going for $15,000. And let's see what the highest one is. We got, okay, number 99 going for $30,000. So the, the prices have changed. I saw these for much higher, but... Man, it's cool. And, and then they have, you know, when you buy a pack of cards, you get the basic uh, the basic card from the series. And then they have the, the fancy insert ones, too. Well, they have, like, packs for the fancy insert ones. Like, they had a Kentucky one called Cool Cats, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then they have other ones like that. So those are some other ways that you get the more rare ones, which obviously will go for more. So th it's just a really cool system. And they have had their little bumps trying to, you know, deal with this many people trying to buy these things and 
just the like as a guy who knows a little bit of coding, I can't imagine what goes on behind the scenes to keep this all running. But man, it, it's just such a cool thing, and it's it's something new for us sports fans, and yeah, it's fun. It is fun, and I was looking at just the site in general today, and I'm glad I signed up when I did, because last time I looked, they froze the ability to even create an account because so many people signed up. Right. Yeah. I had a buddy who was trying to get one. He was pretty frustrated because he, all he wanted to do was give top shot his money, but he couldn't even make an account. So yeah, I can see where the frustration is, but then again, I mean, shout out to us who had the account ready to go, but I mean, then like, we don't even have cards yet. Right. (laughs) We don't own any. (laughs) And we're just excited about it. I, I can't wait. I don't even care what I get. I just want to get my feet wet. You know, yeah. maybe throw something on the marketplace, sell it, be able to buy some more packs. I don't know, man. This just sounds so much fun. It is fun. It, it's really right up our alleys. And when I texted you, I remember I said, you are going to love this. This is like you written all over it. Yeah. I, I've uh, done a little looking into it, and I've seen some charts about which cards are hot to buy right now and which ones to, you know, you can maybe buy in low. I Yeah. I'm hyped for it. It's it's going to be fun. For sure. It's It reminds me a lot of like, you know, physical cards. There's definitely that market, but something like, like Pokemon cards or Magic the Gathering, for instance. They have these like buy lists and sell lists where it's like, here's the cards people want to buy right now. Uh, or here's the ones like you need to sell this now because they're going to reprint it in this amount of time. And it's going to lose its value. So it, it's, it's a uh, lot like that. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm just still snooping through the, the marketplace now for Suns highlights. And the most valuable one I'm seeing right now is it's from last season when Booker just absolutely annihilated Rui Hachimura on a dunk attempt. Goes on. He, he comes from behind and just slams the ball back down. That one, the highest price is 177000 <laughs> And the lowest price is just a measly 100 k That's... See, and people are spending that much money on these. I don't know who, really, but really? yeah, I I haven't like seen anything go for this high, but I know like maybe I could maybe see someone doing 10k, maybe buying yeah. one and just really hoping. But man, these 100k prices, it just seems insane. I've heard about some LeBron highlights going for like 100k. Yeah, well, man. And the thing is, this is licensed by the Players Association or the league or both. I think both, yeah. Both. So it's legit. I mean, this yeah. is going to stick around, hopefully. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we're getting in near on the ground floor, and we can we can uh, build our build our little uh, collection here. Yeah. No, I think it's cool, and it's the future of all of this kind of thing, collecting and cards and and all that. It's online now, and I think it's a good like COVID response to all of this stuff. And it's also still just in its beta. Like it's only going to get better. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to follow along, and um, if I if I snatch up any Suns highlights, I'll be sure to be mentioning that on the show. Oh maybe yeah. Maybe we oh. can maybe we can whip this in a little segment. Yeah, have our own our own uh, top shot hot boy segment for the. I would. I'd be very interested. Well, yeah, and the packs that we got two weeks or so from now, we'll have them, and maybe we'll talk about what we got. Perfect. Once we know. And I'm already thinking in the immediate future. When's the next pack gonna drop? 
I I need to get in on that. Right. Oh, I just I I had to learn how to move emails from my promotions on Gmail to my main inbox. I figured it out. But like I did that because NBA Top Shot was going to promotions. But I said, no, I need the notifications right. of when these are dropping. See, I even have the browser notification on. So if wow. I have if I have the browser open, I should be getting it pretty quick. But also I'm in the Discord. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm diving pretty deep uh, yeah. into this. I get the I get the updates on Discord too. So I need to get in the Discord. I haven't done it yet. It's pretty wild, but it's it's worth it for the announcements if you're in there trying to just just for the heads up exactly when the packs will drop and yeah, if anything's yeah. going wrong like things have been early on here they they keep you updated so mm-hmm. that's a that's a good resource for sure yeah that's smart all right top shots great let's move it on to a little sun centric talk here and for the first time in a long time the phoenix suns have two all-stars going to the all-star game we got chris paul and then devin booker the two-time injury replacement which is kind of funny and i think you know 10 years from now that's going to be a good laugh thinking that d book had to get in through injury replacement for his first two but either way i kind of saw it coming i thought chris would get the would get the initial nod and then as soon as you know you add up that anthony davis isn't going to be making it and then lebron says devin booker is the most underappreciated player in the league. It didn't take too long books right. in there too. So just celebration, man. We got two all-stars in. Yeah. What a, what a change. Shout out to Kevin Arnovitz who decided not to put any players from the team with the fourth, fourth best record in the NBA on the all-star team. So big shot. I listened to, and I usually like Kevin Arnovitz, but that was disrespectful. No Chris Paul and no Devin. And his reasoning was garbage. And this is coming. I didn't from, hear it. Could you could you paraphrase oh the reasoning? He didn't have really any reasoning. He just said the Jazz are too good. The Jazz need to have three All Stars instead. Pretty much, that was his reasoning. And like Zach Lowe was, I was a little bit disappointed in Zach Lowe. I love Zach Lowe, but I was a little disappointed because he kind of just like went along with it. Like you could tell he didn't really agree, yeah. but. Because he was like, well, one of those guys needs to get in. And he did say it'll probably be Chris Paul. But still, it was the sun slander was strong in that episode. That's tough. But I bet he had no problem putting in both Boston Celtics, right? Probably oh, had no, both Brown no. and Tatum. Yeah, no issue. And yeah, <laughs> three jazz players. Like, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Definitely the third. Right? Yes. Devin Booker is better than Mitchell, Conley, and Gobert. He's better than all of those guys combined. <laughs> I don't know. That that would be like a very good basketball player to combine all three yes. of those guys. Totally. But anyway, I I just had to get that out there. Now on to the celebration piece. This is great. We haven't had two all stars from the same team in a long time. This is exciting. I I'd love to see them both be on the same team during the game too. Yeah. And maybe watch Chris just feed Devin a little bit so he can get his shots up. Because it did seem like Booker had to work pretty hard to get his uh, buckets in the All-Star game last year. Yeah. I think he had, he had a tip-in dunk for his first All-Star points, which is right. pretty funny. But, yeah, hopefully uh, we see them get going. And I mean, I don't know, man. Chris Paul, he's he deserves it. I think we were all assuming that Chris would come in and make this team better, but 
man, after being able to watch all these games so far, 30 plus games and just seeing what he can do. Yeah. He deserves to be an all-star. He's what he did with the thunder last year is crazy. Like they shouldn't have really been a playoff team and look what he does for us. It's pretty incredible. So shout out to Chris, shout out Anthony Davis for being injured so we can get Devin in too. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chris Paul, we knew he was good. And I remember when the trade happened at first, I was a little like, I was pretty unsure because I knew Chris Paul was good, but I'm like, is he that good? He's that good. He's better than that good. He's, I mean, hall of famer for sure. He's one of the best players in the league. Still. Yeah. I, I heard a good bit. I can't remember who was talking about it, but they said LeBron and Chris Paul have the most offensive gravity in the league still at their age and Mm -hmm. i mean take away the athleticism from chris paul which you know he lost a ton of that due to injury and getting up there in age but those guys well lebron's still a freak but chris does it being you know 511 i don't i don't care what they list him as he's not that tall right and it's it's just so impressive and he's a commander out there man it's it's been a blast watching him yeah, just the the intelligence, the way he distributes the ball, the leadership. I mean, that that elbow jumper, when he gets to his spot, he just doesn't miss. The free throw shooting, he's missed three free throws all season, and one of them was an intentional miss. So he <laughs> could get a rebound and try a three to tie the game against Charlotte, which Booker was fouled on that shot, by the way, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but he's missed three free throws, and one was on purpose. That's so awesome. No, it's crazy. And I remember in that Bulls game, just that game in particular, uh, he he was curling around a screen. I knew he was going to pull up from the elbow. Patrick Williams knew he was going to pull up from the elbow too and kind of bailed on his assignment to go bother the shot. And I thought, this is getting swatted. Patrick Williams is a solid defender, very yeah, athletic. Yes, yeah. And it just somehow goes right over his fingertips and then obviously just net for the end yeah. result. And it, it's just incredible to watch. It's, it's like, it's, it's almost similar to the Devin Booker getting into the middle of the lane, pulling up for a jumper over everybody where you, you know that. Yeah. So we, we have two of those now there's, there's two automatics on our team and it's just going to keep propelling us to wins. And that's, that's what we need. Well, I think we have more than two. I mean, think about Frank Kaminsky shooting from deep. We got three automatics. That's right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Man, shout out Frank. What a guy. Yeah. But not, joke- not even I don't even need to talk about basketball. Just what a guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, we'll be talking more Frank tonight for sure. But jokes aside, Devin Booker and Chris Paul being all stars is so cool. It's yep. great. It's it's good for the Suns. It's good for Phoenix. We'll get that, you know, that little representation is always nice. And just a reminder to everybody, Suns are for real this year. There's two All-Stars there. And, yeah, those two guys can't really say enough about them because without them, this team is absolutely nothing. So, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll move it on to the second half schedule, which was recently released. We heard some some talks beforehand about how this was going to be tough for some teams, really compacted, some big road trips and all that. But looking at the Suns, it doesn't look too, nothing looks too intense either way. I saw one five-game homestand in 
six or seven days. And I think that's the most compacted it gets. And luckily that's all at home. So we have that to be thankful for. And just overall with the schedule, looked at a few different strength of schedules around there. One Tankathon, one ESPN, one other one I can't remember, but pretty much puts us in the just the middle half of it. So pretty even, pretty average schedule for the rest of it. So if we can keep up this pace, that's playoffs, and that's that's exciting. Yeah, I think the strength of schedule benefits us definitely because you don't want it to be too easy. It's easy to get complacent when that happens, and we've seen the Suns get complacent and lose games to teams we should really beat. We'll get to that later too. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be helpful. Um, we have we have a few back to backs, which I think is expected. And some of them come against the same team or teams that you don't have to travel very far. So, for instance, March 18th and 19th, Thursday and Friday, Minnesota, back-to-back. Not bad. Kind of the baseball thing that we've seen a little bit. So we have, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight back-to-backs between the end of February and the second week of May. Not too bad. Uh, I, that seems like a lot. It seems Six, like a lot. 16 games of back-to-backs in the second half. That, that I, I saw like that. It. Yeah, it, it's it's not as bad as some other teams. I think that's why. I was looking, and there's teams that have 10 or 12 back-to-backs. And I think that's why you had mentioned that there were some rumblings that GMs and, and coaches weren't really happy about the schedule because it was just going to be a grind. And I think that's probably why there are teams out there that have more back-to-backs than us. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And okay. So there's a five game homestand the 13th through the 19th. That's the Pacers, Grizz, the Wolves twice, then the Lakers. And then another one the next month with Wiz, Rockets, Heat, Kings, Spurs. And those are some games where we'll be able to stack some wins and, you know, playing at home has been pretty good to us this season, I'd say. So I, I'm looking forward to that stuff. But the one the one thing that catches my eye the most out of the second half schedule, a five-game road trip, end of April, out east, we get the Bucks, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Nets, and then the Knicks. And that four, the first four of that, that is going to be rough. And we're getting towards the end of the season there. And those are going to be some meaningful games. So, I mean, yeah, like strap up for that that stretch because it's going to be tough, and that that'll get you ready for the playoffs. Watching that type of basketball. Yes, it will. Well, and I think there's more to that because after we play the Bucks, it's the Sixers and Celtics back to back on on Wednesday and Thursday. Then two days off, and then it's the Nets and the Knicks back to back Sunday and Monday. Then we come back home have a day off and play the Clippers on Wednesday, one day off and play the jazz on Friday. Ooh. Yeah. And that's going to be those a two, stretch. Speaking of those two teams, we play them both twice in the second half. So only yes. one matchup early. And then we'll see the Lakers all three times between now and the end of the season. Yes. And we play the, the jazz and the Clippers one before the other in both circumstances. <laughs> So it's April 7th and 8th, Utah first, and then the Clippers. And we have to go to L.A. on the second night of a back-to-back. That's tough. Then, like I said, 
it's it's April 28th and 30th. Clippers, then Jazz, both at home. Hmm. That's going to be a tough... Those are going to be tough games. Luckily, after that second stretch, it gets a little easier. At OKC, at Cleveland, at Atlanta, home against the Knicks. But then we get the Lakers. So... Yeah. We also play the Spurs three times. Right. And we haven't played the Spurs twi- yet. Right. Twice to end the year. That's... Oh, man, the last five of the season, we get we go to L.A. for the Lakers, then to the Warriors, then we come home, play the Blazers, then San Antonio twice to end the year. So those are going to be five games. Seeding implications, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's fun to think about that stuff, though, because in the past we were looking at our last five, seeing who we were most likely to lose to so we could get a better draft pick. Right. Now... Now it's playoff seeding, and those games are going to be very important. Yeah, definitely. And then even the immediate schedule. So this episode that we're recording is on Saturday, the 27th. So we play Minnesota on the 28th, the Lakers on Tuesday, March 2nd, the Warriors Thursday, March 4th. Then is our week break for the All-Star game. And after that, it's, there's going to be no messing around. The schedule gets real serious after that. Not that it's not right now, but it's been a little bit easier. Yeah, that's very true. And I feel like looking back at the losses this season, I feel like we can, they, we can see that they've taken an example from each of those losses and done something to fix it moving forward. I think we can say that pretty safely because we're not going on losing skids anymore. It, you know, knock on wood. But it seems like, you know, we lose one, we win the next two, something along those lines. And if we can do that for the rest of the season, that's locked into the playoffs, pretty decent seed, uh, maybe home court at that point. So, yeah, got to just, you know, look at it, look at it in chunks. If you lose one, win the next two, and you're doing just fine. I I don't know. That's kind of how I've been looking at it. I, I don't know how to root for a good team. I root for the Suns and the Dolphins, man. <laughs> it's, it's been a while like I, you can't get too too carried away with every loss though and you know it is tough because we'll talk about this hornets game the the ref situation towards the end that was rough uh, it, it kind of went both ways wasn't mm, i don't know you look at the you look at the two minute report the last two minutes and you'll you'll see that they missed the foul but we saw some things go our way earlier in that fourth quarter too that's true that's true so ah it, Never too high or too low, but, you know, always nice to see us bounce back after a loss, which we did. And let's get into the week. this week's games. Start things off with a 32-point win over the Portland Trail Blazers. Man, that felt good. But the Blazers are without C.J. McCollum. you got to remember that. They're, they're And Nurkic. They're, they're in yeah, rush. Yeah, Nurkic and Collins both out. So that makes a difference. Goes out. And, and Giles. I mean, there's, they don't really have any bigs outside of Cantor right now. And say what you want about him. He's a great rebounder, but not much of a defender. Right. So, yeah. I mean, this game was nice. We've been blown out by the Blazers many times, too. So it was good to be on the other end of that. I heard a stat that because we beat the Grizzlies by 31 the game before, and this is the first time since 1912 or whatever that we've had <laughs> two 30-point wins back-to-back 
it might have been since the 70s or something like that. I forget what year it was, but it's been a long time nonetheless. Uh, so it was nice to get this one. And yeah, I mean, we were just, we were in control the whole time. I mean, halfway through the second, it was close. And then we just pulled away and never really looked back. I mean, it was a 37 to 17 point third quarter. That's going to set you up to win most games. So yeah, this is a good one. Right. And it seems like lately I've been looking forward for Booker to come out in the first quarter and really set the tone for the game and just get after it. And that that's the one thing that I kind of expect, but I, you know, I don't really expect us coming out after halftime and just laying the wood like that because we, man, 37 to 17 in the third quarter. It just it doesn't seem like we're that great of a out of halftime team to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't have the stats pulled up, but yeah, no, typically I don't think we are, but I think it's like you said, we're learning from our losses. We're learning that we have to play with the same intensity from the first quarter all through the whole game. And I think that we did that well here because Booker had 34 points on 12 for 17 shooting super efficient. He had, I think, 16 or 17 in the first half. A lot of times he'll score like, like that, and then, you know, the the opposing team makes an adjustment or changes the defense up, maybe goes into a zone. We've seen that quite a bit, and it, it gets to him. But no, in this one, he was able to keep putting it up and finished with 34. Yep, great game from Book. When he's playing efficient like that, we're going to be tough to beat, and it just it's really nice seeing that. Uh, second leading scorer in this game, and a guy who's – had a couple decent games this week. DeAndre Ayton, he had 19, only five rebounds in this one. A couple blocks and a steal, though, just showing he can do it on on both ends of the court. And, I mean, if you look through the plus-minus in this one, everyone's a positive. Most are double figures positive. And then, like our starters, Booker plus 28, Paul plus 20, Ayton plus 25, Bridges plus 17. And Frank Kaminsky, I don't know what he was doing this game. He played 12 minutes, only scored three points, just a measly plus five. Yeah. We need, we need more out of Frank, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his best, old Franklin the third. But I, I actually put out a tweet about this. I thought it was interesting. I think I said, like, hashtag rip city on this. <laughs> uh, Chris, Frank Kaminsky outscored Chris Paul three to two, and we won this game by 32. You're not going to see that very often. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never, you may never see that again. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that is crazy though. And just to just remember that Chris Paul only scored two points in this game. He was one for nine from the floor, and we we spanked the Blazers. That's crazy to think about yeah. because we have that we have the depth. We have you know another star, another All Star, Devin Booker. So you know this was a great win, and. Uh, not going to lie, I was riding pretty high after this one, but I got smacked down yes. at the Hornets game. Final score, 124 to 121. And if you look through this one, you look through the box score, everything looks pretty darn close. I mean, they shot 49% from the floor. We were 50. Uh, they shot 36 from three. So did we. Here's the difference, though. Free throw line. We go 19 for 27, 70%. They go 25 for 27. You know, that's that's more than the difference of the game right there. And it, yeah. we're so, why are we so streaky with free throws? Everyone on our team can shoot them. There's no one that I don't want to see at the line. 
But then we, you know, we kind of throw a stinker out like this. It costs us a game, and it's just tough seeing it go down that way. Yeah, I think watching this game, it was kind of disjointed, and that played into the Hornets' hands. We got really out of our rhythm and flow just because that many fouls being called. I feel like we've been pretty lucky this season with the refs maybe letting a bit go, letting them play a little bit more. But in this game, just everything was being called. And it's like you said earlier, there were some questionable calls that went our way, some questionable calls that went their way. I think this was really the first game this season that I've noticed just the the refs really having an impact on the game negatively. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I'm sure neither of us are blaming the loss on that. But right. Man, you know, we complain about the refs every year. Nothing seems to change all that much. It seems I don't I don't want to just keep going off on referees, but no. Here's what we blame this one on. Giving up 29 points to Malik Monk. He scored yeah. 20 and a quarter. I haven't seen anyone do that in person since that game Dragic went nutty against the Spurs in the fourth quarter. Yep. Yep. I haven't seen anything like that since then and it just happens to be a guy like Malik Monk. but Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. And uh, LaMelo Ball, he's good. That kid is good. And I remember, and I'm going to do the thing that I know everyone hates, but I'm going to do it. I said LaMelo should have been drafted number one. And I still really stand by that. He's by far, he's way better than Wiseman and Edwards. LaMelo Ball is good. And he had 20 points and eight assists, four rebounds, seven for 11 shooting, three for seven from three. So the only shots he missed were threes. That kid's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan personally. And I think he's just a little too cocky right now. And I he mean, is. I mean, to be successful, you got to have a little swagger. You got to have that confidence in yourself. But I don't know. I'm He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be really fun to watch in this league for a long time, but I don't know. Just some of that kind of stuff rubs me the wrong way, but yeah, I probably sound like an old man right now, but <laughs> no, he played a great game against us and with, with his size and his, you know, he's a great ball handler, great passer and he can shoot it a little bit too. So both ball brothers, man, they're, yeah. they really turned it around and I'm, I'm a hater, but they're both playing solid basketball. Yeah. They've both played well against us too. That yeah. doesn't help the, the hatred. <laughs> that <laughs> no, that I, might have a little something to do with it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I hate either of them. I mean, when Lonzo came into the league and there were all those antics and the big ball or brand, yeah, it was <laughs> annoying. But that stuff has slowed way down, especially since he's not on the Lakers anymore. And he came back down to earth. But I, I actually will say I'm glad to see him playing well because I always felt bad for him because I'm like, this is his dad that's causing all the issues. He's not, I can't imagine he's enjoying this, you know? Right. So it's nice to see him not in the spotlight as much and actually playing decent basketball. Yeah, I can agree with that. Sadly, he's, you know, in the Western Conference against one of our opponents who, you know, right. we seem to always battle with pretty hard, which that, that stinks, but, you know, got to be happy for them going forward in the NBA. Yeah. That's good stuff. And, I think that's part of it in the Charlotte game is you can never underestimate any team. It doesn't matter what their record is. It's the NBA. Every team is going to come out ready to play. Even teams that are tanking, everyone on the court wants to win. 
These guys have won their whole lives, and then they come to the NBA. They want to win. So you can't underestimate anyone. I mean, we're playing the Wolves coming up, and we're going to play them again soon, and we can't come out thinking it's going to be an easy game. Carl Anthony Towns can drop 35 and make it at least close. So we got to be ready every game. Right. Yep. And that's why I'm thankful we have, you know, vets like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder who can say, all right, guys, this is this is how it goes. This is what happens when you're a winning team. You're going to get everybody's best every time you come out. That's right. Be ready for it. That's right. All right. We'll move it on to the Chicago Bulls game where the Suns win 106 to 97. And let's see here couple 22-point scorers for the Suns. We got Aiton with a nice game, 10 for 17 from the floor. And then Booker with 22, 9 for 24 from the floor. So not a great shooting night from Book. But, yeah, you know, rough. They're, doing, they're doing what they need to lead the team. And then we got Chris Paul, 14 points, 6 rebounds, 15 assists, 3 steals. That's, that's crazy. Plus 28 from Chris Paul, yeah. which by far led the team. Man, just fine wine. Yeah, it was so nice. And Paul and Aiton together, they're figuring it out. Paul was finding him. It was really nice. And we needed this because Dario Saric re-aggravated his injury. So he was out. We cut Damian Jones recently for I don't know why. Maybe we were going to try to sign someone. I don't know. Brought Jalen Smith back up, but he only played one minute in garbage time. So we needed Aiton to come out, play a full game, and he did. He played well. Yep, it's it's great seeing that. I love the Paul and Aiton uh, chemistry we're seeing. And something that I've been picking up on is whenever Chris throws an entry pass to Aiton, you can hear it clear as day on the broadcast. He says, go to work, big man. Like literally every time he throws it in. So as much as you see our guys get on him for when he's, you know, slacking a little bit. They're still trying to pump him up, still trying to get him to score because he he has all the tools. And you know what? While we're talking about Aiden, I want to bring this up. Someone wrote uh, on the Sun subreddit. Give me a second here to pull it up. But he was discussing how, here we go, why I think we will see more growth from Aiden than a usual player, but at a slower pace. So, Let's see here. <laughs> Got to shout out the username, uh, user Hungarian Meat Slammer on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> now that uh, is credible. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know this guy speaks the truth. But anyways, he just made a great point, and this is something I never look at quite this way. He said Aiton didn't start playing basketball until later in the game when he was 12 or 13. Then you remember that most of these guys, and even probably me and you, playing basketball since we were five, six years old, something like that. You get going in the traveling leagues, and you you, you can be playing some competitive basketball at a young age. That's right. And he says that he thinks so much of it is that he... Aiton was never punked um, as a kid in basketball. Mm. I think it has something to do with, you know, we got our guys on him all the time now. They're calling him out. They're saying, you got to be better. And I think it might all be starting to click with Aiton. 
it, it's just a you know it's not just about getting called out but just having to be aggressive all the time i i don't know i recommend going to the sun subreddit and just reading this guy's whole article because i it's something i hadn't looked at in this way i always thought oh yeah he didn't have kind he, he wasn't playing against competition until so late he's probably just the intangibles and the mindset probably just aren't there yet but I don't know. I just thought it was a really cool article. Everybody should probably check that out. And I don't know, man. Maybe maybe these guys just being on Aiton all the time is going to be what makes him turn that corner and then turn into the, you know, 25 and 12 guy that we want. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I, I want to know if Aiton has ever had a a basketball hit the bottom of the rim and hit him in the face and give him a bloody nose, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Has yeah. he ever had that experience? Like when you say he's never been punked, like since he started playing 12, that's like what? Seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. He's probably maybe not six foot yet, but he's probably five something, five foot something at that point. And I just remember playing when I was a little kid. And I was taller than most of the kids at, at that age, first grade or whatever, five, six years old. And my dad would yell at me, get under the basket, get under the hoop. And I'd say, okay, dad, I got it. I'll do whatever you say. And I'd stand directly under the hoop and look up and the ball would either go in or miss it. And it hit me right in the face and I'd get a bloody nose. <laughs> now, once I figured out what he meant when I was a little bit older, maybe seven, eight, nine, then I would get a lot of rebounds, and I was like, "Oh, I know what you mean now." But did Aiton ever go through anything like that? You know, I think that's a really good point. He he learned a little bit differently than the majority of, not even guys in the NBA. I think most of us probably played basketball at the YMCA or whatever in kindergarten, first grade. Right. Like I, my earliest memories of playing basketball. I, I lived right next to our school. I had to just cross the street, and I was at the basketball court. It was pretty great. So I, I played a ton of hoops. But I remember when I was a little guy, I was a you know a little skinny dude. I'd walk over there, and there'd be bigger kids playing, and I'd be a little nervous. I'd be like, oh, do I want to play with those guys? But then it, that starts the whole thing. You, you say, I want to be able to play with those guys. I need to get I need to get better. And then you start working at that. And then if you go too early and you start playing with those guys, you get run over, they pick your pocket every time, and it's pretty discouraging. And that's, you know, you got to get, you got to go down in the mud, get pushed down in the mud before you get back up. Wipe yourself off. You'll be a little tougher the next time. I think, imagine being, you know, 15 or 12 years old. He was probably 6'8". Like, who's going to yeah. mess with him? It's just such a different thing. And, you know, growing up in the Bahamas. A little different, you know, basketball culture in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's like that for life. Like in music, for instance, I would always say if I'm the best player in the group, I need to find a new group, you know, because people who are better than you push you to want to be better and to learn new things. So I think this is a very good point. If you if you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. That kind of thing. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, also, if you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you're probably not very smart. But That's, that's probably yeah. true as well. Yeah. It's all about just surrounding yourself by people who are good at what they do to push yourself. And this is a great point for Aiden. I really like this. And he played well in this Bulls game. 
He is putting into practice what Chris Paul and Devin Booker and even Mikhail Bridges, like you mentioned last week, what they're telling him and Monty Williams, or as they're calling him, Mont, <laughs> as, as they're all telling Aiton, he's listening. He's putting it into practice and it's starting to pay off. Right. I think he looked across at the tip and he saw, all right, it's Wendell Carter Jr. tonight. That's meat. I, I really hope That's that right. he's starting to look at guys like that. And yeah. I know... I know we'll bring it up every time, but when he gets up against the big bruiser, I mean, we saw Robin Lopez kind of steal his lunch money this year and what Steven right. Adams normally right. does to him. We need yeah. to we need to see this this attitude come out to play. And you know what? If you're going to get bullied around by Steven Adams a little bit, I don't care, man. I know what you can do. I know you're a better athlete than him and you have better touch and, you know. Worse I, hair, I, but fine. That's, that's true. You can't do that. <laughs> No, but I, I don't I wouldn't mind seeing Aiton, you know, put it out there a little bit more. If he gets swatted once in a while, who cares? Because you know what, for every time he gets swatted, I'm sure there'll be a thunderous dunk. A thunderous dunk. Thunderous dunk. That's right. Exactly. He's dunking more too. I think that's something that Yeah. I'm sure Chris Paul is in his ear saying what we say. You're seven foot one. Dunk the ball. <laughs> no, and when he does dunk goes up with two hands and you see the whole backboard move, the whole stanchion. Oh, yeah. I love that. I yeah. I love it. It's and everybody else has to love it too. When you see the whole basket shake after that, like you got to get amped up. You're going to want to go down and play some defense and then, you know, give it to the big man again so he can make the whole thing rock again. That's yeah. that's what I think and I don't know. I agree. I want to see Aiden trying to bring the whole backboard down every time he dunks. I hear that, but I, I have a little sidebar on that, and that we're just kind of going wild with That's talking okay. to Aiden here, That's but okay. whatever. Um, I really love that when he gets thrown an oop that's a little bit out of his wheelhouse that he doesn't always try to dunk it. And that's I know true. some people might get frustrated by that, like, just try, dude. I'd rather see him get a hold of the ball, come down, and then go right back up. And then we do see him get get it plucked when he does bring it down, so we do worry about that, but... If he keeps it up there, just retains the ball, gets his footing, and goes straight back up, I have no problem with that. That's a smart play. Yeah, that's true. And I will add, even though he's dunking more, he has nice touch. I think that's something that we should note. When he yeah. has to do those little, you know, fancy little delicate moves, he can. Right. Yeah. And just think about some of the big men that we've dealt with in the past where they have no touch underneath the rim and they're, you know, some guys are literally only good there to put a hurt on a guy that's trying to take it to the rim and maybe grabbing some rebounds. I can think but, of a few. Yeah. Robin Lopez, Alex Len, John Luer. <laughs> uh, who else? Wow. I'm sure I could name more. Yeah. I mean, there, there's plenty of that stuff, but Aiton does have great touch. He has the finesse that a lot of bigs don't have. And that that's something that, yeah, we probably take that for granted because, yeah, we want to see dunks. We want to see all the explosive stuff. But when you have a guy with that in the bag, like Jokic, I mean, think of how he can operate around yeah. the rim. Who says that Aiton can't turn into a little something like that with time because he does have the touch? Yeah, he's no Brandon Wright. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I just wanted to see what deep cuts I could pull. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. That wraps up that. Let's move on to some quick previews for next week here. 
And yes, the Timberwolves game were recording before that, so we'll just skip over that. And then the big game, though, and our bet question game, the Lakers, Tuesday, 8 p.m., that's in Los Angeles. Yeah, this is the first time we're seeing the Lakers this season, and that means LeBron. And in the past, LeBron will sit for rest or a slight injury against the Suns, but I don't think that's going to be happening this year. We're close in the playoff race. I mean, there's times where we're a half game back from the Lakers. So LeBron, I imagine, will be playing, uh, barring anything catastrophic here. So our question is, how many points will the Suns hold LeBron James to? Hmm. Well, a little bit before that, who do we think matches up on LeBron? Is this a McHale job or, man, who do we expect... Our starting lineup's been getting changed around. Since we lost, we ripped Frank Kaminsky from the starting lineup. I'm going to call Monty about that tonight, probably. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hopefully we see that change back to how it should be. But in the past, <laughs> we've put Aiton on LeBron, and that's because we haven't really had a better option. I do kind of like the ability that if we have to switch, we can get Aiton on LeBron because we've seen it work halfway decently. I imagine this is a Jay Crowder job, though. I think so, too. I think so, too. And Mikhail is always a possibility. He's given up 100 pounds, but right, he can he can do a little something. So we have options. That's always good. But anyways, man, LeBron, he's, he's all right. I'm just going to keep it with the even 20. Okay. I was going to say the same thing, but I will say <laughs> 20. You know what? No. 19. Oh, yeah. Homer Mitch. <laughs> 19 points for LeBron. So let us know on Twitter, at Sonny and PHXPod, how many points you think the Suns will hold LeBron to in Tuesday's game against the Lakers. All right. I don't want to get too cocky here, but I'm a little disappointed there won't be any Anthony Davis for this. As we said earlier, he's obviously out for a little while, missing the All-Star game. But this was kind of the measuring stick I was looking forward to, seeing the Suns play the Lakers, but... It won't quite be what we'll be expecting later on in the season or if we match up in the playoffs at some point, it'll be different than this. But I'm, I'm still excited to see what the Suns can do against LeBron. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I, I'm with you. I think this would have been a really good barometer, even if we would have lost. But yeah, this I mean, this is a good thing for the standings that Anthony Davis is about because we're in a pretty tight battle with both the Lakers and the Clippers for the second, third, and fourth spots in the West right now. Right. I saw, you know, after we lost that Hornets game, I saw someone post something that said, like, we lost to the Hornets, but the Lakers lost today too. And, you know, it's just something new. Again, we're following other teams' losses to see if we can stick around with them in the standings, and that's just all new to us lately. So that's fun. Yeah, it's great. All right. Then Thursday, the last game before the All-Star break, the Warriors come to town, 8 p.m. on Thursday. Some more Kelly Oubre, who's been playing quite a bit better. He's, uh, you know, kind of gotten out of that funk. The numbers still don't look great, but, you know, another another attempt for Kelly to come back and maybe have his revenge game since he sure didn't in the first matchup. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he's going to be trying to shoot a lot of threes and dunk on people. Um, I'm pretty confident. I mean, Steph Curry is still great. He's playing well. 
but uh, I, I feel a lot more confident about this game, especially given how the first game against the Warriors went. Right. Did they have Draymond that first one? No, they didn't. No. So, yeah, this will be a different matchup for sure. I, yeah. You know, aside from the Wolves game, who knows what will happen there, but Lakers and Warriors, that those are two two great games this week, and it's right before All-Star break, so, you know, that's uh, some pretty high-action high stuff before we have to take a week off. Yeah, so week off, and then Chris Paul and Devin Booker will be going to Atlanta for, for the All-Star game, and I, I actually think that this year the All-Star game will be a bit more relaxing. I know they're doing the, the three-point shootout and the dunk contest before and at halftime of the game, respectively. So the all-star festivities will look a lot different uh, and hopefully be more relaxing for, for Booker and Paul so that they could get some rest during this time too. But with that, we will move to the non-sports section of the show. And we were inspired uh, this week by a video that the Suns shared on Twitter of Frank Kaminsky wearing a giant, I think, platinum or silver chain with diamonds all over it that was DeAndre Ayton. So Frank Kaminsky is wearing this chain, and the, the reporter asks, so you're wearing DA's chain then? And he says, yeah, I was wondering if you would notice. I mean, it's it's huge. It's obvious that he's wearing it. He talks about just trying to keep it clean until he gives it back to DeAndre Ayton. So uh, pretty pretty funny video. Check it out on Twitter. But our question this week is, what jewelry do you wear? You have Ooh. a grill, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I go platinum top, gold bottom. Oh, all right. <laughs> because why not, you know? No, but honestly, I, I rock the wedding ring. Not not right now for some reason. Don't tell my wife. Don't tell her. <laughs> but uh, sometimes a watch. For, for a nice occasion, I'll put on the watch. I, I don't like wearing one all the time, but, mm. you know... If I'm wearing some nice clothes, I'll throw on the watch with it. But shout out, let's go, let's go throw it back a decade. I was all about the hemp necklace, and you can read into uh, that how you wish. But I was I, gonna say hookah shells. Oh, that that was even before that. That was oh, okay. like that was high school. Okay. Hookah shells, and I graduated to the hemp, <laughs> and then took a break from all that stuff. And now I just I just rock the wedding ring, and maybe a, a silver watch. I don't like gold. I, I like wearing silver, so silver. that's that's it. Yeah, for me, it's the only visible things are the wedding ring. I have the black wedding ring. I think that's cool. I see a lot of people with that. I think it's cool. Um, I have this black bracelet that I wear. I'm pretty sure my sister got this for me. She has a friend who lives in San Antonio, and she got this bracelet, and it's just one of these, I don't even know, like knit kind of things that you pull the little strings to tighten it. It's got a little Saint metal on it. So I think it's cool. I wear it a lot and it's, it's fading quite a bit, but it's cool. And then what's not visible. I have like a, I have a couple of necklaces that I alternate between, but one that I'll, I'll share is my grandpa wore this crucifix every day. And there's a joke in our family that it never actually touched his skin because he was Greek and he was so hairy. <laughs> um, but it was something that my my parents actually gave to me. My grandpa put it, gave it to my mom in his will, 
and my mom gave it to me when I graduated grad school. So it's like a family heirloom and it's pretty cool. So I wear that under the shirt a lot of times. And it's actually still yet to touch skin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I have a pretty notoriously hairy chest too, but it's like a third of what my grandpa's was. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that would be the sight to see. Man, yeah, it, it was, this, and he'd mow the lawn in no shirt, and it was like he was wearing one, basically. Yeah, yeah keep that sunburn <laughs> off, too. And mosquitoes, yeah. like, it's it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, honestly, I'm a little bit jealous. I just got the little the little patch in the center, more or less. I, I'm not, I'm not rocking too much, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're the you bigger man, Midge. You're the bigger man. <laughs> All right. Let's end things there. We thank you for tuning in. Uh, we got the All-Star break coming up. Are, are we taking an All-Star break, Mitch? Uh, we've got games to talk about, so okay. uh, we'll think about it. We'll Follow us on Twitter see what we do. Yeah. We may take an All-Star break because there we're we All-Stars, too. Yes, we are. <laughs> At Sunny and PHX Pod, be sure to check in. We'll let you know if we're taking the week off. But as always, we thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week, maybe. And go Suns. <laughs>